At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Rob Longo. Hi, friends, and welcome to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of your Charlotte Hornets, brought to you by Senta. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates are the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of your Hornets. Rob Longo with you on a game day edition of the HHC as the Hornets fly south to Miami to take on the Heat as they wrap up a three-game road trip. We'll talk about the matchup. We'll talk about some other games that we're watching tonight as well across the association. And we got to talk about the return of Gordon Hayward. We haven't really given that its due diligence yet. And to talk about all these topics here on the HHC, it's Sam Farber. And Sam, thanks for being my quote-unquote guest today and switching some roles a little bit here. Yeah, we are. We're, we're going to be doing that the next couple of days. Uh, you know, unfortunately for me, I uh, contracted COVID, feeling okay, all things considered, and very grateful to work for the Hornets and, and know that the team has taken good care of me and, and my family for certain. So all's going to be well. I know you had it earlier this year, so you're giving me my coaching tips and we'll all end up fine on the other end. Yeah, hopefully uh, sooner rather than later, of course, obviously, wishing you nothing but the best. So let's go ahead and take a look at the debut of Gordon Hayward yesterday. We can kind of call it a debut because he did miss 22 games after all over a month of the schedule after he got his ankle rolled up on against Toronto. That came all the way back at the beginning of February, and the Hornets were kind of in a little bit of a rut at that point, going 2-10 and in the month. But it was good to see Gordon get out onto the court Saturday in Philadelphia. Didn't play the most, didn't obviously have his best game. It was just really working him into the fold played 17 minutes, ended up being a minus four and a plus minus five points, two of six from the field, one of two from beyond the arc, couple of rebounds, four assists, the steal sprinkled in there as well. What did you see from Gordon on Saturday and how nice was it to get him back in the lineup? Well, minus four in a game the Hornets lost by 30 is uh, is a huge victory, I would say. No, 
I thought he looked good. The expectations weren't high. I just wanted to see him out there. How does he shoot? How does he look moving around? How did he look after the game? And I think he checked a lot of boxes. You know, one for two from three, that's a great sign. You know, only five points, but he only took six shots to get there. And I like the distribution with four assists in 16 minutes. So I think there were a lot of positives there. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see how head coach James Perego uses him moving forward. Yeah, and with that said, Sam, how does JB maybe use him moving forward? Because it seemed like Saturday was just kind of a reintroduction. And of course, that's what you figured when you don't play basketball for two months and you have a lower body injury, you're going to have some issues. You're not going to be fully 100%, especially now that the Hornets are getting into the final week of the season. Of course, he did have that foot sprain last season that sidelined him for what ended up being the remainder of the season, but he was able to come back this time. He's able to get a couple of games under his belt. Of course, every game right now is meaningful, but before they get really, really important when it gets to the point of being win or go home. So again, this isn't something foreign for Gordon. He came off the bench in the playoff bubble back in 2020 when he was with Boston. Of course, he had an injury he was coming off of back then as well. And then if you go all the way back to 2019, he was coming off the bench towards the end of the regular season for Boston in that span. So this isn't really foreign territory for him. And when I went back and looked at all those numbers, they were a lot more sooner than I would have expected him coming off the bench, considering his pedigree and the importance of every team that he's been on throughout his career. So how is it to this point right now, Sam, where you can reintroduce somebody so important like Gordon back into the rotation when the team has been doing really well for the most part without him the last couple of months? And now you're getting into the most important time of the season. Well, I think it's a huge boost here for the Hornets because Gordon Hayward's a tremendous, tremendous player and his feel for the game, it's up there amongst the best on the Hornets. So I, I think he has demonstrated himself to be unselfish enough of a player to take on this role, whatever it might be, from head coach James Borrego. And he, he came off the bench in the first game. We don't know if that's going to be permanent. But with Gordon Hayward, you just have someone who's so consistent. And, you know, up till... The injury, and even since then, the best three-point shooter on the team in terms of percentage is Gordon Hayward. And this is a very good three-point shooting team. So I think he just stretches things to the nth degree here for the Hornets, having him come off the bench. And if he goes into the starting lineup, you know, whether that in all likelihood means pushing P.J. Washington back to a reserve role, you again have another really good scorer, really good shooter that can stretch the floor and add some things to your bench unit. So it's all positive here. Last season at this time, the Hornets were you know losing players left and right. They could not keep a healthy roster on the floor and were just desperate to get Gordon Hayward or anyone else back at that stage of the season. Now you have the luxury of reintroducing Gordon Hayward to the roster, but make no mistake about it, he is certainly one of the top options on this team, and whether he's starting or coming off the bench, he's made this team a heck of a lot deeper now. We talked about it a lot last season on this podcast about how Gordon Hayward was the floor for the Hornets. When he was out, the bottom fell out. Now that the team has been able to have a sustained success run without Gordon on the floor, is he maybe the ceiling of this team now? I think so. I think we were right to say that he was the floor in terms of him being the foundation previously for this team. That, you know, when you had Gordon Hayward on the roster, you were not going to have a sub-500 record over any long-term stretch of games. And that's proven to be the case here this season. Now, even though the overall record without Gordon Hayward is 500, you look in the last month and clearly this team has found some things that work. So, you know, Gordon Hayward goes from being the savior of the franchise in certain terms to being another really good piece 
on a team of multiple really good options. And again, you know, you turn the clock back to last season coming down the stretch where the Hornets just needed to find one win to clinch whatever spot it was, and it, it just wasn't there. You know, they were starting lineups that they hadn't really started before, didn't have a traditional center out there. You know, there were a lot of things that they were just trying to piece together. Now you've got every option conceivable for head coach James Borrego, and I think it's only going to get better from here on on for Gordon Hayward. We'll see what happens with Gordon Hayward tonight, whether he's in the starting lineup or coming off the bench. We'll find out here in a couple of hours, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. And of course, we'll get to our game preview here in a few moments. But before we do that, it's of course our favorite time of the year. We got to do some scoreboard watching, taking a look at what other games are around the association this evening and which ones pertain to the Hornets. And we'll talk about that next right here on the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta. Cataracts made it hard to see clearly. Even movies were blurry. So I went to Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. Now movies are as clear and sharp as they once were. The doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates offer cataract surgery using the newest technology and lenses with short recovery times. See like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense. Rob Longo and Sam Farber with you on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta. And Sam, it's time to take a look at some other scores from around the league or some games that we're going to take a look at from the association this evening that certainly have an impact on what the Hornets are trying to accomplish. Of course, already solidified in that play-in tournament. Now it just comes down to seeding. Currently, the Hornets going into tonight's action hold the tiebreaker over Brooklyn. So they are currently in ninth position. Of course, would love to get to that eighth spot or maybe if everything goes according to plan, you would need some help certainly. But if Cleveland is able to struggle down the stretch a little bit. Hornets could certainly vault maybe even into a top seven position. So a lot to be had here in this play-in tournament picture with only a handful of games to go. And thankfully, the Hornets have an additional game. They are playing four games this week compared to three with some of the other teams. So they have an opportunity to pick up some more wins. And of course, that begins tonight in Miami. With all that said, Sam, here are some of the other games going on that have a little bit of an impact on the Hornets. Right before the 7.30 tip in Miami, We'll have Cleveland in Orlando to take on the Magic, also tipping off at 7.30 alongside the Hornets and the Heat. It is Atlanta in Toronto to take on the Raptors, and that's a little bit of an interesting matchup as well. I'll get to that in our later segment as well. And then if you really wanted to stretch it a little bit, of course, the big one at 7.30 is Houston in Brooklyn to take on the Nets. That one certainly has a lot of impact for the Hornets. And then even at 8 o'clock as well, Milwaukee takes on Chicago. Of course, that could maybe impact some potential seating if the Hornets are able to win in the play-in tournament and clinch a playoff berth for this upcoming season. So Sam, I know I threw a lot of stuff at you. Which game do you think is most important for the Hornets to look for tonight elsewhere? Well, first off, you know, touching on tonight's game for the Hornets, this one's really important because the tiebreaker that the Hornets are currently losing to Atlanta is division record. And the only way for Charlotte to make up the gap is to win tonight. So if they don't win this one against Miami, Atlanta basically will coast to that tiebreaker. And we'll see if that ends up being a factor head-to-head between Charlotte and Atlanta. Given the Hawks' road record this year, you would certainly think uh, it'd be better to see them on the road. No question about that. I think the Atlanta-Toronto game is the most important one for the Hornets outside 
of Charlotte's game against Miami. Atlanta, again, has not been a very good road team this year. So this has not been a good set of circumstances for them. Toronto is playing well right now, coming down the stretch. Raptors have won you know seven of their last ten. They're overall playing some strong basketball, and they're competing for the five seed right now, and, and there is an outside chance that they could fall into the play-in tournament bracket. So they've got every reason to compete hard in this one and maybe give the Hornets some help. Uh, if the Hawks were to lose that one and Charlotte and Brooklyn all won, Charlotte now holds the three-way tiebreaker. So Charlotte would move up to eight. So a lot of good things happen for the Hornets if they get the W tonight. And long-term, more opportunities become possible for Charlotte if they win tonight. And for Atlanta, you're just looking for any games they might lose on their remaining schedule. We talked about what they've got in front of them on yesterday's edition of the HHC, in addition to the conversation with Cody Martin, which we encourage you to take a listen to. But outside of this game with Toronto, they only have a matchup with Miami that's against another quote-unquote live team. So if Charlotte's going to get some help here, this might be the game to get it in. So I wanted to touch on something that you mentioned. It does go to that third tiebreaker potentially if it goes to between the Hornets and the Hawks, it would go to division record. Atlanta is currently 8-6 and six against the Southeast Division. Charlotte is 6-7. and seven. So, of course, the Hornets do take on the Heat tonight, so that would be an added win, beating a divisional opponent, and then, of course, have Orlando and Washington still on the schedule. So the Hornets could fly as high as 9-7 and seven in that mark. Here's where things get interesting for Atlanta because the Hawks have Washington on the schedule, and they also have to go to Miami to take on the Heat later on this week on Friday. So certainly the door is open for that aspect. If it goes down to a fourth tiebreaker, which, of course, that would happen if Atlanta and Charlotte have identical divisional records. Then it goes to conference record. The Hornets are currently 24-24 and against the Eastern Conference. Atlanta is 25-24, and so we could get down to almost maybe a coin flip here, Sam. It's going to be so razor thin depending on how this all shakes out, and I'm being a little facetious here, but that is just the margin of error for both sides for anybody in this play-in tournament picture right now. So, of course, I would like to go with Atlanta and Toronto as my game to watch, but you took it, and even though I'm the host, we will still still have raw rules apply here on the HHC. So I will pivot and go with the Rockets game in Brooklyn. I know it's Houston. I know they're not really playing for much right now other than ping pong balls and positioning in a draft. But it's interesting when you see these younger teams go into a place like Brooklyn. They go into a large city like New York and they're playing one of these best teams. That's the thing. When you're one of these perennial powerhouses in the association, you're going to get everybody's best shot. You're going to have a target on your back a little bit more than some other teams. So, you know, I'm not going to discount Jalen Green or any of those young guys, Christian Wood, anybody on the Rockets, because we saw that they are capable of hitting threes and playing really well because they did, in fact, beat the Hornets this year, albeit on the second night of a back-to-back with travel involved, but I'm not trying to make excuses here. I'm just laying out the facts. So I'm going to take a look at that Houston and Brooklyn game tonight in our scoreboard watching segment. I like the pick, Rob. You know, the only thing I'll say about Houston is the last time they really beat a live team, someone that is currently in a top 10 position, you got to go back a month. They beat Memphis 123-112 to on their home floor. They've also got an overtime win over the Lakers, who have faded back then. They were still more solidly in a playoff position. But their other wins since then, Washington and back-to-back games at Portland. So this is a Houston team that's not performing all that well. Perhaps that's by design. But they are the team that's most likely to help the Hornets because they're playing both Brooklyn and Atlanta down the stretch. So we're going to become big Rockets fans right now in Buzz City. Go H-Town. That's all I'm going to say. Plenty to look at on today's scoreboard. Of course, we'll have you updated throughout the broadcast later on this evening as well between a couple of the second and fourth quarters. And of course, halftime, we'll get you all situated on some of the other games and how they impact the Hornets. We got to talk about the game coming up tonight, though. Hornets in Miami to take on the Heat. We'll preview the matchup next right here on the HHC. 
Hornets fans, make sure you download the Hornets app this season for an enhanced game day experience. The Hornets app is your home for the game day digital program with all the information on your favorite team and giveaways every game day. You'll also find predictive games, mobile food ordering, and even a wallet for your NFTs. Download the Hornets app today. It's a game day edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Rob Longo, Sam Farber on the HHC. It is a game day, like I mentioned, Hornets in South Beach to take on Heat. It's a big one for both sides when you take a look at the standings. Miami holds a two-game lead currently over Boston in the Eastern Conference for that top seed, so they're playing for playoff positioning. And, of course, depending on how the playing tournament works, Hornets could certainly see the Heat next week as well if everything goes according to plan, at least if you're Charlotte in that aspect to clinch the playoff berth in the play-in tournament. So an important game for both sides, Sam. Before we get into our players to watch and our staff to watch, any overarching thoughts going into this one? Well, the Heat owe us one. It's been, you know, the bane of most people who have to listen to me around the office, but I am still a bit peeved that the Hornets got shorthanded from the referees, basically, in their double overtime loss to Miami earlier this year at the Hive. Miami was given an extra point by way of a two-point shot with a player's foot clearly on the line that was called a three, and they did not fix it, and so that was just a blatant miss. Plus, you had a goaltending missed, you had multiple fouls missed. There were a lot of really poor calls and so in a race that is going to be as razor thin as this one will be and that's not to excuse the fact that Charlotte's lost some games that are really hard to get your head wrapped around like to Orlando or to Houston all that being said you know when you clearly win a game not once but twice and you don't get the result that's pretty frustrating so I think Charlotte's got some revenge on its mind this Miami Heat team has been playing a little bit better as of late uh, since that you know dust up or whatever it was on the bench they've won four in a row heading into tonight's contest. This will be a big one. So I'm, I'm looking forward to a good contest here. Charlotte, Miami, Hornets owe the Heat an L. Heat need to take one from Charlotte here. It would certainly, as we talked about last segment, go a long way towards getting the Hornets to where they want to be in the final play in tournament standings. So one thing to keep an eye on tonight before we get into our players and our stats to watch is Miami's going to be a little bit shorthanded from a coaching aspect. The Heat were in Toronto just the other night on Sunday taking on the Raptors, and by law, everybody in Miami has to get tested for COVID, and it turns out Eric Spolstra tested positive for COVID on that trip, so he is currently quarantining in Canada, and he is not with the team. Chris Quinn will be the head coach tonight for the Miami Heat, more likely than not because he was the head guy in charge in Toronto just the other evening. Miami coming off a 114-109 to win in Toronto. Probably doesn't play a whole lot of a factor considering that the Heat are still the number one team in the Eastern Conference and beat a top six team like Toronto without their head coach as legendary as he is. But with all that said, Sam, let's get into our players to watch and our stat to watch. Where would you like to start? Let's go with players to watch, and I'm going to begin with the Miami Heat. Very deep team, obviously, and Jimmy Butler can be Superman, really, in the postseason, as we saw in the bubble. But the guy I've got my eye on in this one is Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry was kind of an X factor in that last matchup with the Hornets, the double overtime one. He knocked down six threes. One of them shouldn't have been, but you know, nevertheless, he, he got credit for six threes, nine rebounds, five assists. Just that veteran savvy. This is what he was brought there for is to lead this team to big wins in the postseason. 
season and, and from Miami's perspective, hopefully get them to a championship. But I think with Jimmy Butler, you kind of know what you're getting. Not a particularly strong three-point shooter. Can be, you know, explosive getting to the basket, but Charlotte's had decent plans against him in the past. Bam Adebayo, a little undersized, especially when you compare him to the last guy the Hornets went up against in Joel Embiid, but can be every bit as impactful out there offensively, defensively. Lowry, to me, along with Duncan Robinson, are kind of the X-factors in this one. And for Charlotte to win, they need to focus on the two main guys, but they also can't have someone like a Kyle Lowry shoot better than 50% from beyond the arc. That's not going to help their cause. So Kyle Lowry is the one I'm watching for tonight. The guy I'm going to take a look at is Tyler Hero. He is pretty much the front runner for six man of the year award pretty much has it locked up at this point. I mean, he's averaging 20 points coming off the bench per game. He had 18 the other night in Toronto, but he flirted with a triple double as well. Had nine rebounds, eight assists, played 36 minutes, shot 50% from the floor. was only one of five from beyond the arc, but was able to make it up with those two point shots. So he's one of those guys that is instant offense coming off the bench. It might be a bench battle between the Hornets and the Heat tonight because we've seen it time and time again. It happened a lot last year. If you think about Malik Monk coming off the bench, dropping 30-plus points in a couple of contests, and then now you got Tyler Hero on the other side. So that might be a little bit of a preview for my stat to watch. But where do you want to go next, Sam? you want to go Hornets player to watch or stat to watch? Well, now I'm intrigued a little bit here. I, I think I kind of want to go stat to watch, and uh, I would really love to hear what you have to say. But I'm going to look at points in the paint. For this one, you know, Charlotte's going to be an attack minded team. They always are. They're one of the best in the NBA in points in the paint. And this is one where you really have to drive up the advantage because Miami, even though they have Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, who you would think, you know, logically elite driver, one of the best in the game in Jimmy Butler, plus an interior presence in Bam Adebayo, that this team would live in the paint, but they just don't. So I think from Charlotte's perspective, you need to continue to drive, attack, put some pressure on Bam Adebayo defensively, and then try and open up those kickout lanes for open looks at three. But I think points in the paint are a key one here for the Hornets, and that's the stat I'm watching. So I alluded to it. I'm going to go with bench points just simply for the fact that These teams are extremely deep. I mean, the Heat had several people out on Sunday. This was their starting lineup the other night in Toronto. Kayla Martin, Markeith Morris, Bam Adebayo, Max Struess, and Kyle Lowry. Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, Omar Yurt 7, and Victor Oladipo were the guys coming off the bench. And with Victor Oladipo coming back into the fold, he looked really good the other night. 21 points, 6 of 9 beyond the arc, 7 of 11 from the field, played 27 minutes. He looked really good out there. And of course, Tyler Hero is guaranteed to get you 15 plus each night, no matter how good his shooting looks like from beyond the arc. He can drive. He's kind of their version of Kelly Oubre, but I got to look at bench points. They had 45 bench points the other night against Toronto, and now with Gordon Hayward kind of entering the fold once again for the Hornets, I'm interested to see how this bench responds with all of the offense and all of the firepower on it. I mean, Gordon played 17 minutes the other night and only scored five points, but again, he's kind of getting his feet wet still. I'm not going to say he's going to go out and drop 15 or 20 tonight, but I mean, the possibility is there now that he's got a game under his belt. Kayla Martin has shown to pop off every time and again. And then you have Kelly Oubre, who is, you you know, can be really hot or really cold. Hopefully he's really hot. And then Isaiah Thomas has been able to give you some offense as well. So I'm looking at bench points as my stat to watch tonight because it might come down to the bench because both of these teams are just so deep on one side or the other. That leaves us with Hornets player to watch. And who are you looking for tonight, Sam? Yeah, I'm going to go with the bench. I like your mindset there. I'm going with Kelly Oubre. As you mentioned, Miami is a little nicked up at the moment. So them coming off the bench with players, they're not some of the guys that have you know hurt the Hornets, quite frankly, a lot in the past. And you look back to that 
that double overtime win for Miami over Charlotte. The starters were tremendous for Miami. It was the bench where things caved in for the visitors, and the Hornets were able to create some opportunities there. But I think Kelly Oubre is the guy to watch. Part of that is that I don't know what the role is going to be for guys like P.J. Washington or Gordon Hayward and how it will influence things. But regardless, whoever goes to the bench or however those rotations work, there is going to have to be, by default, less attention put on Kelly Oubre by the defense. Because if you put more on him, that's just going to open things up for whoever that next guy is. Montrez Harrell, P.J. Washington, Gordon Hayward, whoever it is, will have instantly more shots, more looks, more attempts. So that should free up Kelly to get more of the looks that he likes. He is a you know volume shooter who can really fill it up. I've said it a lot. If I had to pick a player on the Hornets to make one of one three-pointer, I'm picking Terry Rozier. If I had to pick someone to go 10 for 10, I'm picking Kelly Oubre because when he gets hot, he doesn't turn off. So I'm looking at Kelly here to have one of those nights. And in particular, if he gets the right matchups against a Miami team that is a bit shorthanded, comparatively speaking, it could really open things up for him. I'm going to go with another player off the bench. I'm going to go with Montrez Harrell. Of course, Miles Bridges has been playing extremely great basketball as of late, and he had 29 points the last time that these two teams played. But Trez had a really big coming out party against the Heat the last time out, and I think a lot of that has to do with the size issue. You touched on it with Bam Adebayo, just a tad undersized, but I think that's an ability for the Hornets to go small tonight in Miami. Montrez coming off the bench. He had 24 in that overtime loss, that double overtime loss to Miami. Can we call it a double overtime loss, Sam, or can we just do some alternative facts and say it was a win? I don't think there is alternative facts for that. It was a win. We 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 got the short end there, but you know what? It was ugh, it's such a frustrating game. I don't know how else to put it, you know. There's 82 games, there's so many different moments, and I understand when fans or followers want to point first at the inexplicable loss but I'm more of the opinion you know this from talking to me all year and over the last couple of years you know losses happen you know you catch the wrong team on the wrong night they're just going to beat you it's when you have a game won and there's a call so clear as was his foot on the line or not that influences an outcome that just makes you go nuts so I don't fault anyone for pointing back at the end of the season if the Hornets you know miss the eight spot or the seven spot or the nine spot by a game saying well you should have beaten Houston you should have beaten or you know they're right they should have won those games but they did beat Miami that night twice and so I'm always going to be a little sore about that one all right, now that I let Sam air his grievances and he's off his soapbox, I'm going to go with Montrez Harold tonight. 24 points in 43 minutes of action in that last game, that double overtime quote-unquote loss against the Miami Heat. Had a really good game. He's been quiet the last couple of contests, a consistent eight points here or there. I think this is a chance to get him to thrive, especially if the Hornets are able to go small, kind of beat the Heat up the tempo a little bit up the pace because, again, there's a huge disparity in pace of play here. Miami likes to slow the ball down with all those veterans, and, of course, the Hornets want to get out and run. So it's going to be kind of a tale of two different styles tonight. We'll see which one prevails because, again, the last time these two teams met, it was a 111-107 final, and they played an extra 10 minutes, and both teams scored 20-plus in the two overtime periods. So we'll see what happens. Should be a good one. Of course, you can tune in on Valley Sports Southeast, and, of course, on Hornets Radio Network, Sports Radio FNZ. We'll have you covered beginning at 7.30 as well. Sam Farber, I know it was weird being in the guest chair today, but thank you for joining me on the HHC. Thanks for having me, Rob. And we'll have you covered on tomorrow's edition of the HHC as well, giving you a recap of this one. For Sam Farber, I'm Rob Longo saying so long. Thank you for joining us here today, and we'll see you tomorrow once again on the HHC. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. 
For more coverage, visit Hornets.com.